0: Today's reading is entitled Accidental Cannibals by Chris Marischuk. I've been extra snappy lately. I'm more on edge, more easily frustrated. My tolerance for mistakes and missteps, mine and others, is way low. There's this persistent undercurrent of irritability. I'm primed to lash out and bite at someone. Every comment feels like criticism, and I quickly move from defensive to offensive. I don't think I'm the only one feeling this way. I often witness this online, and too often in exchanges in communities I, I belong to. Sometimes, even when folks are in agreement, they start snapping at each other, hungry for a fight, We bare our teeth and start gnashing, chewing someone out. Then others catch the scent of the meal and pile on, nipping and biting, until everyone is all eaten up. I'm not longing for some kind of performative civility. I'm longing for grace. Some empathy, compassion, restraint. No, don't stay silent. Yes respond, call out, call in, but I need to pause a hot second and check if I'm fixing my mouth to speak or to take a bite out of someone. Chewing someone out might fill me up for a minute, but it ultimately makes me sick to my stomach and leaves the other person deeply wounded. I want to curb my appetite for this kind of accidental cannibalism. Instead of hangrily biting at others, I want to be hungry for justice and righteousness and grace.
1: Here on this beautiful morning, and it is a beautiful morning, everybody. Just look look at the sky and the leaves that's on fire. Beautiful things will happen. Let us keep our hearts tender and our eyes soft and our words true. This is what you and I are about. We know there is no answer but to love one another, and per this morning's theme, to love ourselves. We bear witness against destruction. And then we gather here in community, in person or at home, to practice being the person that we say we want to be. We cannot do everything or even much these days, but we can do something, and that something is never, 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 nothing. So ring the bells that still can ring, and forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything, and if you'd like to, you can say with me, that is how the light gets in. So one of my um, summer projects, <clears throat> because I always seem to need a project to feel uh, better about myself, which was last Sunday's theme. Um, anyway, one of my summer projects was, uh, after Delta kicked off and like just wrecked all of our other plans, was to pull off all the old trim on my garage and then install new trim which involved uh, the use of a skill saw and measuring. (laughs) Why are you laughing, Nevin? (laughs) So for those of you that have traveled with me to New Orleans um, on our service trips, know that I am, I think that Terry Combs used the phrase, a work in progress (laughs) when it comes to carpentry skills. Someone said to me, hey, Rev, did you, um, did you know that Jesus was a carpenter? And I said back, are you seriously quoting me the Bible right now? Because it also says that he was a fisherman. Jesus was one of those guys, those people, we know them, you and I, who just has to be good at everything, it seems like. Um, Like those people that can do small engine repair and those people that can paint watercolor and then play guitar and then invest in Bitcoin at just the right moment, (laughs) all in a Saturday afternoon. I think Jesus was one of those people. You're thinking like, oh, he's talking against Jesus. Oh, man. Anyway, my point is that I'm a bit um, sensitive and defensive And that's because, like, home stuff, like projects, do not come naturally. And somewhere along the line, I have learned, somewhere along the line, how all this is tied up for me in gender and, like, being a guy and all other kinds of problematic things. And it sounds a little bit like this. All the other homeowners on the street have nice trim. What's your issue? Didn't your dad ever teach you? Can't you do math? And because the answers to these questions are no, things get pretty quickly out of hand in my head. So that as I pull off the trim, because I can do that, I can break stuff, I can do that, I can demo things. And then I go to Lowe's and try to look as though I know what I'm doing. I even put a pencil in my baseball cap <laughs> right right through the side. But as I'm there, I've already got this inner script. It's like an email to myself with no punctuation. It's all in lowercase, or sometimes it's all in capitals, depending on how loud I'm hearing this script that's telling me that what is at stake here is not trim at all. But instead, what's at stake is my ability to measure up to other people. My worthiness as a homeowner or a person. As if God is not God, but God is actually Bob Villa from this old house. And he only blesses those who know how to assess the quality of pine lumber with a naked eye. So I'm wondering, do you have an inner critic that lives inside you too? You know, I think that we live um, in our culture that we've learned somewhere along the way that self-critique and self-criticism is noble. Does this ring true for you? We've learned somewhere along the line that being harsh with ourselves is how we succeed. We've learned somewhere along the line that shame is supposed to motivate us. We've learned somewhere along the line that if we're kind to ourselves, if we cut ourselves a little bit of a break, we won't get stuff done. I think it's an American thing. I think it's actually a white suburban thing that equates salvation with performance. Surely it's a religious thing. Sister Antonio in second grade in my Catholic school, Mr. Dieterine, God is watching. The gate of heaven is narrow. And whereas in normal times, whatever those are like, we might not ever say or do to others the kind of things that we say or do to ourselves, like I would never say to my, to my daughter, Ella, you better measure up, everyone is watching. Now, in these times, I feel like our inner critic has escaped escaped. And that inner critic is learning that one way we can surely feel better about ourselves in these anxious and stressful times is to make others feel worse. I want you to listen. Does it sound like this for you? At least I'm better at this than they are. What's their deal? They are total idiots. Did you ever hear yourself saying that? I mean, it's true, right? We hear it, um, there's like a hunger for a fight wherever we go right now. It's like it's school boards, restaurants, traffic, and Lowe's. Sir, says the clerk to the guy ahead of me, can you lift the bucket so that I can scan it? And the clerk has like, um, like, br- like braces around her wrists for maybe carpal tunnel or something. And the customer ahead of me is buying five buckets of uh, driveway seal sealant. And they're like, they're heavy. And he says, can't you get it? I killed myself lifting these into the cart. The cart, like a grocery cart, because all of the, the ones that don't have the sides were, were gone, so he had to lift these into the cart. Not easy to, to do. He says, can't you just look it up? And she says, I can't. I need the skew. And he's like, come on. They're $18.99. I just saw it. Just put the price in. Just type it in. And she says, I can't. I need the skew. God Jesus, can't you just? I'll hurt myself again. Fine, he says. And this guy does this whole dramatic bucket martyrdom scene. Lifting out the bucket and saying, Fine, is this good now? Are you happy? Is this good? Can you skew it now? Can you scan it? And after pain, he gets the receipt and he balls it up onto the counter, and he drops it on the counter, and he says, how about that, can you lift that now? And then he walks out with his buckets. What is going on? And you're thinking, I know what you're thinking, because I thought it to myself afterwards, Nathan, why don't you just go lift the buckets for this guy? (laughs) I mean, you're right behind him. (laughs) Aha, right. Except, my friends, my inner critic had other ideas. That day, my inner critic rolled up to the clerk, and he lifted his long, unmeasured pine trim boards, to clearly and cleanly and helpfully display the skew to the woman at the the desk, all friendly and helpful-like, so that he could hear the compliment that would come next from the clerk. She says, you're so much nicer than the rest of them. I am, actually. And so that the inner critic could hear walk out of, of, of Lowe's saying to himself, I may not be able to install trim, but I'm a whole lot kinder than all these other jerks. So I want you to follow, okay? I am feeling better about myself by trying to outkind other people wasn't about the clerk wasn't about the guy losing his cool ahead of me it wasn't about the skew it was about me It was about this voice that I have inside me, this soft voice, this sometimes loud voice that doesn't know how to accept my less than perfect self and therefore needs to feel better than other people. Sound familiar? Some etymology now because I know that we need that every week. Did you know that kindness comes from the old English word, kin, as in one's family? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Google's amazing. (laughs) And what it reminds me is that when I'm having a hard time, I'm having a really hard time of late. Accepting, loving, welcoming, embracing, Forgiving everybody, myself too. And what and the and the reason that I think this is because is that after these exhausting months, which have been years, they have been years of the pandemic, yes, but of politics. This is when you say Amen. Racial reckoning, democracy attacked, climate crisis, social media weaponized polarization. I mean, my friends, this has been going on for, I mean, for years. I just feel like sometimes I am just not enough. I mean, I'm not enough. You're not enough. And I don't know how to tell myself, Nathan, it's okay to focus on one thing. That I don't know how to tell myself that trim is just trim. Are you with me? I don't, need, I don't know how to tell myself that my worth is not on the line. It's not at stake. I don't know how to tell myself that um, how others see me Even even you, all of you who I trust and love, how others see me does not matter compared to how God sees me and how I see myself. Instead, what I do is I carry home the trim and I measure anxiously and I get ready to install anxiously because at least I can do this, right? I can't do anything else, but I should be able to do this I should be able to do this when so much else is uncertain. I can do this, right? At least I can do this when so much else is uncontrolled. Again, I said it last week, I exhaust myself. Maybe I exhaust you. I don't know, but I exhaust myself. What did it do all of this summer? It rained. It It rained and rained. Welcome
0: to the podcast of the Unitarian Universalist Area Church at First Parish in Sherbourne. No matter who you are, who you love, we welcome you into our community of religious seekers. Please join us for our Sunday worship services at 10.30 a.m. More information can be found on our website at uuac.org or visit our Facebook page at Sherbourne Unitarian Universalist.
1: Rained and rained and rained and rained, and you know what? My inner critic does not like rain, so he had to go on vacation from the trim for a while. Such that when the sun finally began to shine a few weeks ago, he was out of practice. He had lost his 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 microphone, his Price Is Right microphone, because by then I was back here. I was back here in my body with all of you, and I was reminded here in this place, this sanctuary for the spirit, my spirit, your spirit, that compassion hasn't entirely been socially distanced. I really needed to hear it. It's interesting, isn't it, how we, when we get outside of ourselves and we get outside of our own heads and start practicing how to be present to other people, which is our theme for the month about presence, when we get outside of ourselves and actually have to, to be with and listen to other people, to be, to treat other people as kin how the self-critic's volume turns down. And then it makes us better for things like um, trim work and shared ministry, and living through these times with more than just anger and exhaustion. That actually does not look half bad, says my wife, from the ground. (laughs) I mean, she sounded surprised. I had to to caulk in the middle of it because I, I split it during the initial installation attempt. And I said, really? Really? I said to her, like, you mean... Like, I think I'm getting better. Don't look at the back, though. The back is a total mess. And then I caught myself. I mean, the back was a total mess. But here's the thing. This fall, I am trying to relearn. And I want to invite you with me to relearn the practice on myself, on yourself, of kinship to practice the thing that I want to see out there at Lowe's and beyond. The back trim is a total mess. And the truth is, I am a total mess. The truth is you're a total mess. really okay sometimes I think that um, we forget that we are living through a global pandemic and a global crisis and I think that we forget that our baseline of anxiety and grief is higher than ever and it is shared by everyone I mean it is shared by everyone it's shared by me, it's shared by you, it's shared by the clerk at Lowe's, it's shared by the guy who yelled at her and was terrible to her. It doesn't mean that we don't call each other out. It just means also that we have to call each other in. We call each other out and we call each other in. And I want you when you call like when you call someone in Like as Jason said, start with yourself. You're not a total mess. You're a compassionate mess. Hmm. It's a wonderful phrase, isn't it? A compassionate mess. Are you a compassionate mess? And as you answer yes, I want you to also answer that it's okay, and then I want you to watch, everybody, what happens in your world, in your family, in yourself, at school, at work. Just watch what happens to whatever your equivalent of trim is. Watch what happens with your kids, with your parents, with your teachers, with your coworkers. Watch what happens, and just let the light and the hugs